eight crates on the wall and yeah, headphones. Yeah, o- overhead boom mic. He was thinking this would be like a professional like setup or something. Yeah, that's what I thought when you came over. I'm like, well, do you need help with your gear? <laughs> nope, just an iPad and a ten dollar microphone. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss in polite company. My name is Jose. And my name is Jose. Joel is still on vacation in Hawaii, so this week we have our special guest, Jose will be joining us to discuss Marvel versus the DC Universe. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Super excited. We are glad you're back. This is Woo! your second. I know. Your second time. So I hope your, your listeners don't think that Joel and I are actually the same person. <laughs> That's why neither one of us are in the same space at the same time. Like Superman and Clark Kent. Yeah, right together. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because you both love Hawaii. So mm-hmm. I'll be leaving for Hawaii on Sunday. Just pull off your beard and your jewel underneath. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're going to Hawaii too? Yeah, yeah. But even Sunday. Oh, Sunday, man. Sunday, Sunday. Everyone's going to Hawaii and I'm just home <sighs> for a staycation. Well, hey, hey. Don't underestimate home. Home's awesome. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, me and the cat and Call of Duty. So. <laughs> it's the American dream. <laughs> I can just see the cat's little thumbs. I know. <laughs> first person. <laughs> first person shooter. Exactly. So before we get started with our discussion here, let's let's take a look at what we've got here on tap. Oh, okay. So I know that you and Joel like to try and stick with local beers as much as you can. Yeah. So I was perusing my local Bevmo, and I actually have had this before. It's the Barrel House Brewing Company. It's out of Paso Robles, and they do this really great mango IPA. Uh, I've actually bought this at Target before. Oh, right. Target has these really great end caps of beers. So I always kind of peruse those, and I'm over at Target. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's a great beer. I like these IPs with a little bit of a fruitiness. Uh, move away from the, the grapefruit taste, so the right. mango's a good, nice hint to that. And so local beer, great flavor. So here we are drinking this oh. bad boy today. So cheers. Cheers to that. I love this. It's so good. So good. Sorry, Joel. We're drinking IPA. <laughs> yes. Sorry. No lagers. I know. <laughs> No <laughs> well, in the last episode, my brother was drinking a Dr. Pepper, so <laughs> not even alcohol. <laughs> so. And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Jose and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for at least two minutes, though we tend to talk a lot, so that isn't a strict time limit. This week, Jose, what are you going to discuss? Well, originally, I was thinking about discussing why Captain America wears a hood over his face (laughs) when everybody knows who he is. Exactly. What's the point of that? But I thought, okay, well, I'll put that aside for later, since we're going to do DC and MCU. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to really just... Talk about the whole Roseanne Barr incident. Oh, please. And how everybody kind of lost their mm-hmm. because she says crazy things. Yeah. And she's always been a crazy thing sayer. Like, those of us who remember the original Roseanne show, mm-hmm. she's just always been kind of a wackadoodle, right? Didn't she run for president herself? Oh, was it president or was it governor of California? Something it was like something that. Something like that. Yeah. So, like, 
I get why the network dropped her. All right. They got a lot of outcry from, from their consumers, mm-hmm. and they thought, well, this is going to have a negative impact on our bottom line. Right. Right? That, to me, is free market. Mm-hmm. As a consumer, if I thumbs up or thumbs down something, I'm essentially approving or disapproving of whatever the product is, right? Totally. Totally. So I don't get why all the right-wing supporters who are all about, you know, free market and let the market decide and, you know, don't interfere with free market and don't subsidize. But yet when the free market speaks and doesn't speak in the voice that they like, they push back on it as being, you know, overreaching or, you know, it's like Stalinism. It's it's, liberals. Right. It's just crazy because that's the whole point of the system, right? Exactly. And and if somebody else says something crazy, uh, Bill Maher Mm -hmm. says crazy all the time. He does. But his market wants to hear that stuff. Right. And HBO knows that. Mm-hmm. If HBO was losing money on Bill Maher, they would have cut that dude loose a long time ago. <laughs> right, right. So that's a kind of a really a pet peeve of mine when these kind of things go down and everybody gets their panties all wadded up. But they start arguing the exact opposite of what they normally argue. Right, right. Totally. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know what you think about that, but it's just it just well, seems crazy. Along those lines, they canceled the Roseanne show, right? Mm-hmm. Which was rebooted, was resurrected. Yes. Set in the time of Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Roseanne was a Trump supporter, and her sister, who, by the way, I believe, uh, Lori Metcalf, mm-hmm. is an Oscar winner now. Oh, for Itania. Uh, was it Itania? I t- or no, she no, won no, an Oscar for um, Lady Bird. Oh, Lady Bird, that's Lady right, Bird? that's right. It was the, the one who used to be on West Wing who was Nightania. Yes, I just watched that yesterday. It was amazing. Yes, that was awesome. It was so that was good. awesome. Yeah, that was, that was um, Allison Janney. There you go, Allison Janney. she was amazing in that movie. But, um, so, to your point, though, at the same time, ABC doesn't want to lose money on Roseanne. So they're doing a spinoff. Oh, called, they are. What's Roseanne's last name on that? Oh, they're um the uh not the Sullivans. They're the uh, it's something like that. Connors. Connors. They're the Connors. They're the Connors. Yes. So ABC is continuing the show, minus Roseanne, and they're calling it the Connors. Will it still be the dad and the It'll kids? It'll be the dad, the they're kids. Pretend that she what is but in a monastery or she, she died of leukemia died or they gonna heart attack or something? Hit by a bus? She was. She got trampled at a at a at a, at a Make Trump, America Great rally. At a Trump rally, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. Oh man! But they signed on for ten episodes of The Connors. Really? God bless them. Minus that Roseanne. Network. You know what? If they get ninety-eight cents on the dollar, they'll take yeah. their ninety-eight cents. Uh-huh. They got to make their money somehow. They invested in the show, and yeah. yeah. Well, you got to think about this too. Now, as 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 much as I am in favor of the network, right? Doing what seems to be the right thing based on outcry from the, from the public. Right. I get that there's a lot of jobs involved. People mm-hmm. who you know are super excited to be on a network show that was doing well, thought they had some right. longevity. You know, and I know those folks who work on television shows behind the scenes. I mean, they just hope that their pilots get picked up and they have a regular contract season. These are all union workers too. These exactly. guys, right? Yeah. So you know that that's important also. But at the same time, when you are the face of something, yeah. and your face you know has egg on it. <laughs> It affects the entire organization. Right. And it's egg because you threw it into the wind and the wind threw it back in your face. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Boomerang back Boomerang. at you. <laughs> she was on some podcast or some radio show recently where she was crying. <sighs> and she was just bemoaning the fact that she's in this situation. Well, it's like, well, there you go. This yeah. is, you, know, you said this stupid, ignorant stuff. And it doesn't just affect her, like you said. It affects all the people who are cast members. 
the people who are producers, people who are the grips mm -hmm. or whatever. Exactly. All we have a line. So and they craft services too. So yeah, yeah. Well, everybody. I mean, one show employs a lot of folks. Yeah. So, so that, that that was my my Fred talk thing. And so whenever that kind of stuff comes up, I always grip my teeth a little bit because I want to say stuff and yeah, I don't always get a chance to. <laughs> well, here you go. <laughs> this is your chance. And I I wanted to for my Fred talk today talk about the exact dates as far as we can tell about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And I think when you talk to some atheists or some non-believers, uh -huh. they will say, well, you know, you don't know. It's kind of like. You know, maybe Jesus existed, maybe he didn't. Ooh. And they kind of compare it to mythology. But I like to quote um, C.S. Lewis. If you think it's mythology, then you haven't read very much mythology, right? Yeah. Because when you look at mythology, it's like, well, once upon a time, a long time ago, mm -hmm. in this faraway place. Kind of like Star Wars, you know? Yeah, there you go. A long, long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away, right? Yeah. Middle Earth. Middle Earth, right. <laughs> Some fantasy place, right? But no, Christianity makes very specific claims. In this specific time, this real place, this real person, there were these real people. Yeah. Right? Very specific. And so people who are smarter than me, and um, there's an author, actually, Jimmy Aiken, who um, is on a radio show called Catholic Answers. He was doing research on this, and he narrowed it down to April 3rd, 33 AD. How did he get to April 3rd. Okay. That's pretty specific. It's very specific. This is how he figured it out. Okay? So we know that it was during the reign of Pontius Pilate. Okay, so that, that gives you an era. That gives you an era. That's 10 years. So Pontius Pilate reigned from the year 26 to 36. Okay. So that kind of narrows it there. Then, I believe it's in the Gospel of Luke, we're told that John the Baptist, mm -hmm. he started in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, which brings us to the year 29. Okay. Well, Christ's ministry started right after John the Baptist's ministry. So that would put it around 2930 AD. Okay. So far I'm with you. So far so good, right? Then we know from the gospel accounts that Christ was crucified on a Friday. Yes. Right? Which we call Good Friday. Good Friday. Right? It was a Friday. It wasn't good for him. Not good for him, but good for us. Yeah. <laughs> Very selfishly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of painful for him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, Friday. Between, between AD 29 and AD 36. Okay, seven year span. Which is a seven year span. There were only two Passovers that fell on a Friday. Oh, so now it's even narrower. So it's even more narrow. It's so AD 30 and AD 33. Okay. Right? Well, we know from the Gospel of John that Christ participated in at least three different Passovers. Okay. Which would mean his ministry was approximately three years, three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Right? Because three different Passovers. Passover is an annual event. Yes. So that would rule out AD 30, which means AD 33 is the only logical year. Well, keeping that in mind, the date of that Friday in AD 33 mm -hmm. was April 3rd. Okay. So it's very specific. So using gospel, though, as historical record. Yes. So this is kind of like the movie Titanic. There you go. <laughs> if I'm an atheist, uh -huh. that's mm -hmm. my analogy, right? Right, right. Real people in a real place, totally made up characters. Right. The movie Titanic. Right? Yeah. The movie Titanic. Not the real, well, the real, Not the real there Titanic. Because there was right. a real Titanic with mm -hmm. real people on it, right? They really were playing on the deck of the ship yeah. sinking. But, you know, there was no rose. Right, right, right. Right? Okay, right. so if I'm an atheist, I think of it in those right. this framework is of historical... Historical fiction. Fiction, yeah. Right. But you just 
pulled the fiction part out right, and replaced right. it with actual historical events and narrowed it down to a specific date. From the Gospels. Yes. Like, these are specific events that we can pull out mm-hmm. and narrow down. So how do we calculate Good Friday now? The day that Jesus Christ was crucified. I don't know the specifics on that. I should I should know that. It's all over the map. When I look at the calendar, I'm like, right. oh my gosh, when is Easter? It's like a different right. month sometimes. It's based on the lunar calendar. It's like a certain number of days after a certain phase mm-hmm. of the moon. And the Jews calculate their date for Passover on a different in a different way, right? I'm not sure exactly how they look at it. Okay. I should know this before going into this. Before going into this, I should know. <laughs> you prepared, Jose. But I know. Want to put it on pause? You can look, ask I'll look it up. No, it's okay. <laughs> look it up, listeners. But so, what, but I've, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I literally will have people say to me, well, Christ wasn't really, you know, crucified at, you know, this time in April. Mm-hmm. He was actually, you know, it was, may have been some other day if he even existed. This is all based on some pagan spring equinox. Oh. Uh, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, no. If you actually look at it, it, it's actually connected to the Jewish Passover. That's why Easter and Passover fall around the same time. Well, that makes sense. Because Christ was crucified on Passover. Now, as Christians, we have determined Passover according to a lunar calendar, and Jews use a different kind of calendar. I'm not sure I should know this. To determine when Passover falls. Okay. But nonetheless, even though they use, they use different calendars, they fall around the same time. So they still fall around the same time. Yes. So maybe it was just our Christian forefathers who took a system that they already knew from their Jewish yes. heritage and said, well, we know how this system works. Yes. We kind of forget the date in which Christ was crucified because it happened in one specific place with only so many witnesses, yes. right? And they weren't keeping written records at the time of those events, so they had to create yeah. a, di- a time, a day. When is that right. Good Friday going to be? And they used a system how they calculate Passover yes. to sort of kind of figure out, well, how do we... That's Does that ex- make sense? That's exactly okay. right. You're exactly right. And, and that's what we do, though, as people. We kind of take things we know to mm-hmm. explain things that are either difficult to explain or that are difficult to um, relate to other people. Exactly. You're. That's 100% right. And so that's why our Easter falls around the same time as Passover. Okay. Right? Perfect. Makes and, sense. And, and, you know, it's not because of some pagan spring equinox bull****. No, it's because no. of we come from Passover. Atheists don't know. They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> they're they're so stuck in their belief you of non belief. The non believers, yeah, right? I mean it's a lot of work to <laughs> not is. believe. I know, you have to consistently <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's awesome. So in the main topic here today, Jose and I are going to talk about Marvel, and we're going to talk about DC. Before we do that, though, um, recently the Supreme Court delivered their um, potentially devastating decision in the Janus versus AFSCME decision, which basically stated that public sector unions could no longer compel members to pay dues. Um, and am, I, am I saying that right? Yeah, it's basically, it's because the way things have worked is that if you are a member of a public sector union, right, right, then you have an obligation to pay your fair share of the cost to run that association, that union, right? The cost of right. negotiating, the grievances, and that kind of 
of stuff. Everything costs money in this world, and mm-hmm. running union is no different, right? It's not free. Right. So every member had to pay their fair share, whatever those local dues were, right? And right. so this Janus decision that came down, what, on the 27th, I think last so. Wednesday, basically says that you don't have to pay your fair share. You get all the benefits mm-hmm. without having to contribute to right. the Anything. process. Yeah, you just get to, you know, uh, we are being discouraged from using terms like free riders, but essentially... That's what we're talking about, exactly, right? So right. if you have that buddy who loves to go out drinking with you or go to dinner with you and your friends, and once you get there, they always seem to not have their wallet, Exactly. that's who we're talking about. Well, I saw a video. I think it was put out by the CTA, the California Teachers Association, mm-hmm. or somebody. I forget. Mm-hmm. But the it little was stick like, figures? The stick figures. That's CTA. Okay. And so a group of friends, they're like, hey, where are we going for dinner? Mm -hmm. And one stick figure says, let's go to Applebee's. And everyone else is like, no, let's go to Chili's. Well, they all end up going to Chili's. And the one friend who wanted to go to Applebee's, he gets dinner, he gets drinks, everything. Yep. The bill comes. He's like, well, hey, guys, I want to be at Applebee's. So screw you. I'm not paying the bill. (laughs) Right? He still partook of everything. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the end, didn't pay his fair share. Nope. So take that analogy one step further and make it a weekly d- dinner with your buddies. Right, right. And the same thing happens every single week. Mm-hmm. And that one friend enjoys all the benefits. Maybe doesn't get to decide the restaurant. Doesn't have a say in where you end up. Mm-hmm. Right? But enjoys all the benefits of the restaurant that you end up at without having to contribute to the cost of it. So the, right. the bill is split between those who are contributing, mm-hmm. yet everybody benefits from the meal. So that's where we are with kind of with Janice, right? This whole decision. And the Supreme Court's justification, right, is this idea that, well, it's it violates my free speech. Right. If I pay dues to an organization and that organization advocates for things that I don't agree with, right, like right. being fair to people, you know, treating people stuff. badly and access to free public education and yeah, you know, stuff like that. If I don't agree with the things they're saying, mm-hmm. then they're violating my rights of free speech because they're speaking for me. So right. I shouldn't have to contribute financially to that organization. So I've heard people say things like, well, this decision then makes it where individuals have their freedom of speech. So like our union has what? How many members? 800? Uh, almost 900. Almost 900. Yeah, yeah. So by that logic, 900 individuals <laughs> should have freedom of speech when they engage with the union, right? Yes. And they do. Verse, they do, but they do so collectively through the association. Yes. But by Janice's logic and by these people's logic, mm-hmm. each individual should have their say when they engage the union. Or not the union, the district. The district, yeah. So kind of sort of, right? Because... The association, the union, is still responsible mm-hmm. for providing services to all its members and non-members, right. right? Even those people who are not paying their fair share. So the district's not going to negotiate with all 900 members individually. They're going to negotiate with the representatives of the bargaining unit, mm-hmm. right? So does every member have a voice? Yeah, and they have a voice now. They can go to their employer and voice their concerns. Right. They can provide suggestions to the district about how to run the district. What they can't do is negotiate contractual agreements with the district. That's the responsibility of the association, right, of the right. union. Um, so to have a voice, they already have a voice. So uh, I read this really great analogy recently where the state of California requires me as a driver to maintain liability insurance. I'm right. required. If I'm on the road, I have to, have to, have to. There's no way around that other than having a a, uh, a bank account of money set aside that's specifically for, and I have to sign a waiver that says I have that money. I'm a rich guy, right? Right, right. But just, I have to have some liability coverage. Well, if I pay liability insurance to an insurance company 
and they're out advocating through legislation or through public discourse things that I don't agree with, right? why can't I opt out of liability insurance? Good point. Right? I don't agree with what they're saying. It has nothing to do with me. It doesn't represent my values, my morals, or, or the things that I think are important. Mm-hmm. So why should I continue to pay a company something? Right. Right. Why can the state mandate me to do that? But if you're working in a market right. and you want fair wages and good working conditions, you want retirement that you can live, but you, you want to make sure that the, the work that you do has value, right. and then your union goes out and advocates for that and it backs candidates that are you know, pro-equal uh, rights in the workplace, that think that there should be health care for everybody, who think that we should all have a living wage, right, right. then it's beholden to that association, that union, to back that candidate. Which makes sense. They have the platform values of the association. Exactly. Right? But they may also have other values, that candidate. Maybe they're, they are um, anti-abortion, mm-hmm. and that's not your personal value. Well, your union's not backing them because of their abortion stance. Right. Your right. union's backing them because of their... Uh, because of their employee stance, you know, employment stance, how would they exactly. feel about that kind of thing? So you have to kind of really understand what's going on. But the whole Janice thing comes down to, well, I'm going to focus on the thing, the abortion, you know, pro or con part of it, because that's my freedom of speech. I should be able to be able to voice my own opinion without the association doing it on my behalf. Right. Which is just nonsense. But to wrap this up, going forward, we really need to engage our members. <clears throat> Show them the benefits of the union. Yes. And and show them that together we have strength. Right? Because if, if everyone goes off, if, if the unions kind of atomize and individualize, we lose our power, collective power. Mm-hmm. Right? And everything goes down. Right? So that's everything. a good point. Once you start to dissolve the mm-hmm. association, the relationship, then everybody suffers. Because yeah. now the left hand doesn't know what the right is doing. Mm-hmm. And when that occurs, everything suffers. And so you'll see wages drop or stagnate. You'll see benefits continue to inflate in cost, but no additional contribution. Mm-hmm. You'll see working conditions deteriorate. That is going to happen mm-hmm. if unions decide or members decide, oh, I don't want to be a fair, fair share payer. I'm just going to go over here and do my own thing. Right. And now they're not part of the, the discourse within the local association. They don't run for local association offices. They're not voting in for in elections. They're not voting for uh, ratifications of contract. Mm-hmm. They're not running for site rep. They're, they're not even being asked for their opinion in polls mm-hmm. and data collecting because they're not – associations are not required to do that. Right. And But that's going to have a negative impact on the association in the long term. And, mm-hmm. and that's what these folks who push Janice want. That's what they want. They want us to fail. And when we fail, our kids fail. So apparently they just want a failing nation. That's mm-hmm. the, only thing can, it's the only logical conclusion you can come to. They want to turn America into fires. <laughs> <laughs> Failure, <laughs> right? Yeah, I get, and I don't, I don't know what they, how they benefit from that. I, and they're spending they a ton are. of money. They are. So God bless them that they got money. Yeah. But it's really this, you know. But what about the rest of us who aren't billionaires, right? Yeah. We got to stick together, and that's why we have unions because exactly. we're a little piece of something much bigger. We're just regular people with a little piece, but we put all of our pieces together. Right. right. It's that you know analogy that it was from uh, the last um, or the first uh, uh, Planet of the Apes movie. I didn't see. Oh, that. I didn't see when Caesar like held the stick out to the to the ape, and he no. got, he broke the one stick. And he took the two pieces and he put them together, and then he couldn't break the two. I didn't that, see that. That was his stronger together. That's good. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> oh, those brilliant apes! All right, no wonder they took over. Jimmy Crickets. <laughs> that's funny. anyway. That's where we are and all that. Well, thank you for that update. No problem. I appreciate that. We're gonna move on to our our, our second beer here. Second beer. It is. 
from Union Business. Now let's move into Marvel versus DC EU. So when I say MCU, just for everyone's knowledge, MCU stands for Marvel Cinematic Universe. DC EU stands for um, well, DC Expanded Universe. What does DC even stand for? Uh, Detective Comics. Detective Comics Expanded Universe. And we have to be clear okay. that the DCEU mm-hmm. is not an official name. It's not. Of the DC Universe, right? What's the it, official? It, it, was ad- it just was adopted through the media because okay. it totally makes sense. Well, copying MCU. Yeah, right? So the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC. Extended universe. Extended universe, yeah. right? But that is not officially their their title. Is there an official title? Um, yeah. What is it? It's the uh, uh, just DC Warner Brothers DC film universe, movie universe. They don't really have an official thing. So we've come to the conclusion that there is no official title for There's the DC no title. Extended <laughs> Universe. So we're going to call it the DC Extended Universe or the DCE U because. That just sounds cool. Yeah, that's what. And it should have always been called that. Yeah, I don't know why the folks over at DC didn't just jump all over that. Yeah, if nothing else, right, to make the fans happy. But okay, so your point right there goes, I think, just that little point, that little detail, (laughs) goes to the heart of the problem with the DCEU. Uh oh, what's the heart of the problem? They can't figure out what fans want. (laughs) Okay, so maybe we should take a side. Let's take a side from point, the beginning. Counterpoint. Point counterpoint. <laughs> so what do you think is best? Which which universe is best? MCU versus DCEU? I am a big fan of the DC universe. Oh, so you're taking the side of DC. And I will even extend the DCEC to their small set TV universe okay. like the Arrowverse. I was wondering if you would do that. Even though they're they're not connected. They don't make any they don't make no, no qualms about it. Right. The Arrowverse is totally different, right? Right, right. But it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It really is. You can't ignore that they have this amazing television presence across do. four shows. And they do these crossover events. They're just so amazing, right? They're filmed like 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 big screen events. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And I'm a big DC fan. So I'm going to start with, and maybe you'll change my mind, but I'm going to stick with the DC EU. Okay. All right? And I'm an MCU fan. I love Marvel. <laughs> but I will... Add one caveat to Uh-oh. that. Uh-oh. I think the DC Comics are far superior to Marvel. So let's start there. Let's start there. Right? People don't read comics anymore. They don't. That's true. So it's really interesting to me mm-hmm. that the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. the MCU, has been able to capitalize on essentially B-list superheroes. Yeah, totally. Right? Iron, Iron, Man. Iron Man? Come on. Iron Man was like nothing. Dude, Captain America is probably the biggest name that they have until they, they reacquired Partially, anyway, through some of the Spider-Man property, right? Right. But they were essentially whipping out all their B-listers. Thor? Give a crap about Thor. Who cares about Thor? Right? Cards of the Galaxy was like a niche comic for that was like in little the, weirdos. The back of the comic book <laughs> stands, no one read Guardians of the Galaxy. And they were able to do that yeah, because there was no cinematic history. And nobody was really... not. No, I should say nobody, but the, the comic book reading community right. was finite. Totally. DC has the problem is mm-hmm. that their characters have been brought to the screen so often in such uh, a big way over the years, right, right? Right. That when you attempt to make them modern or unique or change them a little bit, mm-hmm. everybody pisses themselves because it's so like you can't do that to Batman and Superman's hair is parted on the right and like who cares? Right, 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 right. <laughs> right? Okay, so that's that's a really good point. 
Before I delve into that, <laughs> because that's an amazing point. So I grew up with DC. Okay. And I remember thinking, like, the Marvel comics were so boring. Oh, right? Right, yeah. Like, I grew Batman, Detective Comics. That was my right there. Right. I loved Batman. Even Superman. Like, I've never been a big fan of Superman because mm-hmm. he was too, like, invincible. Uh, kind of boring for yeah. me. Yeah. He didn't have right? to have a significant <laughs> skill set because he was, in, he was invincible. He was invincible. Like, right? who cares? So do you know how the, the kryptonite got started? No. As being his kryptonite? As being his the kryptonite being his kryptonite? So basically, you know, <laughs> that, was a sh- that was a radio show back in the day. Okay. Right? And so the actor who did Superman wanted to go on vacation. So they needed some way, they needed some, like, mechanism to where he would be taken out for an episode or two, right? And that's where they introduced Kryptonite as his weakness. Okay. If any one of those four criminals get hold of the Kryptonite, I... Well, I I, I don't even want to think of what might happen. Oh, will you forget that silly Kryptonite came? Forget it! You don't seem to understand. Until the kryptonite is recovered and destroyed, I'm in danger of my life. You're in danger. Oh, uh, well, I, I mean Superman, of course. So that's how it got started. And then that put him so that, so the, so on the his actor, back for a couple days so that he wouldn't have to do the new So acting. the actor could go on vacation. That's awesome. It was, like, Love before, that. before that, he was invincible. There was nothing. Right? Right? So that's how kryptonite came about. And has it always been, and it's been since a byproduct then. of the planet, like chunks of the old planet? Yes. Okay. It was all for the guy who on vacation. Oh my gosh, you gotta love vacations. Right? I know. God bless them. <laughs> Go ahead. And so for me, like, I remember, I think it was like in the third grade, Superman was killed by Doomsday. Yes. I went out, I was buying those comics every week. Uh-huh. I bought the Death of Superman comic. They was like sealed, like in this oh, like, plastic. white plastic. I didn't even open it. So I had to buy two. So I could open one and keep one. Ah. Right? That was in the third grade, mind you. Oh, Marvel man. was boring. So I have Death of Superman, mm-hmm. black, sealed, mm-hmm. plastic bag. In there is not only the, the Death of Superman edition, there's also a commemorative black armband. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Yeah. Well, it says it's in there. I've never opened it. I've <laughs> never opened it. I have it in a box in the garage, and I guess someday I'm going to open it and be surprised that there's no there's no armband in there. But, yeah, I, I, I have that, too. That's so funny. It's going to say something like, I can't believe you opened this package. I also bought a the graphic novel version that had all the comics leading up to the death of Superman. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I read through that, mm-hmm. and that that's how I got my feel of it, but I never opened mm-hmm. the commemorative package. I have no idea where the hell all my comics are. So it may or may not still be sealed. It might be sealed somewhere. Right. So oh, I used to have all these. I used to collect comics. Mm-hmm. Gone. No clue. I've so moved DC around in the so comic much. world, but the MCU in the cinematic world? MCU for me, cinematically, <sighs> right. totally wins. So let's talk about the team upset. Okay. All right. So MCU, what is that draws the MCU when it comes to the team ups? Whether it's the big adventures or it's the smaller scale events that occur in the, in the, the more the episodic uh, you know, pieces? Right. So for me, in terms of, in terms of team ups, nothing compares to the Avengers team-ups. And it's like, okay, you've got the first Avengers mm-hmm. with the um, event in New York. Yes. And then you've got the Ultron. But then the Infinity War. Yeah. That is epic, right? Because yeah. they built up. And that's the key thing. They built up over 10 years. Starting in 2008 with Robert Downey Jr. They right. threw him That above. guy. 
that crazy drug addict who's been to jail. <laughs> right. They threw him a bow and said, here's, take this B-level character, Iron Man, and let's see what you got. And they turned that into this multi-film, multi-actor, 10-year movie event. And it was epic. There's nothing, there's been nothing like that. Multiple phases, right, leading up to mm-hmm. Avengers 3. Yes. With Thanos. But there's nothing like that. Not even, I don't, I don't know, what, do you, what, what about the Justice League? Well, okay, so when it comes to the DCEU team-ups, basically we have... Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> we have Batman versus Superman. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. We also have Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't forget those guys, mm-hmm. right? Justice League, of course, mm-hmm. right? And I, I like... Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back to uh, Nolan's. Christopher so, Nolan. if we go back to Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, amazing trilogy of films, didn't really involve or include any other superheroes. Not even Robin. They did throw Catwoman in it in the last the one, end. which was awesome. Yeah, right. They did a great job of that. But I don't know if you really consider those a team up film. So, it really, wasn't until they decided to create their own extended universe, right? Right. That we get Superman, then we bring in, you know, Batman on top of that, and then we bring in Wonder Woman, then Wonder Woman has her own movie, mm-hmm. with a little bit of a crossover, not really a team up, it's kind of like cameos of folks, and then we get to our Justice League film, right? Right, right. I like that, but it's definitely a darker toned film. And in fact, in the most recent uh, Deadpool movie, oh, yes. Deadpool comments about you're so dark. so dark, yeah. yeah. And he mentions DC, right? Yeah. You're so dark! Are you sure you're not from the DC universe? Because that's essentially the tone. MC is much lighter. MC is much lighter, brighter. Oh, a lot of more play. I mean, look at the most recent Thor. Mm-hmm. The Ragnarok. That thing is almost, it's a comedy based. That's it's an action comedy. Team-up movie. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so, you know, I like the darkness of the MC films. Mm-hmm. It, 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 to me, that's how those people would be. Mm-hmm. Because if you like, have realistically. these crazy weird lives with tragedy and loss and, and expectation and responsibility and ability, you, you know, life's not going to be cracking jokes and, you know, oh, you're the new Doug, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Doug! Oh, no. Doug's dead. That's right. Everyone who fights the Grandmaster's champion perishes. Wait, wait. You're not going to face him, are you? See you later, new Doug. Okay, so MCU, mm-hmm. right? They, they're notorious for their bright colors. Yes. They're happy. They're more vibrant. But no Avengers 3 with Thanos Infinity War. That was a dark film. Was it? Everything turned on the snap that, that wiped was, out half of humanity. I would say in the third act, it gets dark. Right, right. But the first act is super light up until True. the sister shows up. True. Right? Okay. And like even that. after that, Mm-hmm. Right, um, even the line that you know I didn't make you the god of hammers, I made you the god of thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's supposed to be a serious moment, but it's hilarious. Right, right, that's true. So Thor, right? Ragnarok, that movie was hilarious. Okay, you know, I gotta it was, dark. It was funny, so it was good, funny. And that's where they introduced you know the Hulk that mm-hmm. can actually talk and stuff. But so okay, so here's the difference for me. Here's the main difference. And I was talking to my brother about this earlier. Um, my brother Jesse, who was on the last podcast. Marvel spent 10 years building up the universe. DC tried to throw it out after, like, a couple movies. What's your response to that? (laughs) Okay. So, DC's had five films. Yeah. Right? Um, Superman. Man of Steel. uh, Yeah, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and Justice League. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you have those five films. The... 
MCU's first five films are Iron Man. Some include the Incredible Hulk because it came out a they, month after Spider. After, technically, after Iron Man. Technically, that's part of the phase of phase okay. one. Yeah. Um, Iron Man two, Thor, and then Captain America. Mm-hmm. Now we know the Avengers closes out that first phase, but those are the first five, right? Yeah. Dollar for dollar, the DCEU is making more money in its first five films than the MCU made in its first five. Films. Are you serious? By a significant amount. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, the DCEU. It's like three point eight million right now. Mm-hmm. Those first a billion. I'm oh, sorry, billion. Sorry, three point eight billion mm-hmm. for those first five. The MCU's first five were like three point one, three point two billion. Oh wow, I didn't know. Now, that. if you include the first Avengers movie, because that would make six though. Yeah, yeah. You want to say, well, that's you know, you want to get rid of the phase whole, one, and right. you want to go phase one. They're like three point seven nine. They're still slightly less than, or sorry, they're like three point eight something. They're slightly more than the DC's first five films. So yeah, we're just yeah. looking at. Box office dollars. Right, right. DC's on board. I mean, they're they're neck and neck, right? and in some measure, they're actually doing better. So, where will the DCEU be fourteen films from now? Because MCU's nineteen films in. Yeah. Ant Man is going to be the twentieth. So I mean, of course now they're making they've made like sixteen billion or whatever wherever they're at now. What's what's the most recent? Uh, yeah, sixteen point eight, sixteen point nine billion dollars. That's a ton of money. That is. That's nineteen films. Mm-hmm. Right. Chance to get it right. Chance to bring people back. So when you look at it that way, right. Dollar for dollar, pound for pound, DCEU is outdoing. The MCU. That's, I had not thought of it like that. Boom! That's there a good is. point. That's <laughs> a really good point. But for me, I feel like Marvel has spent so much time. You know, there's been you know their phases, phase one, mm-hmm. phase two, and they're entering into phase, I believe, phase four now. Yes. And it took them several movies to build. Okay, here are the characters. Mm-hmm. Here's why you should care about the characters. That's true. And then they do the team-up movie. Whereas with DCEU, they're like, here's Justice League. Boom. Bang, boom. And it's like, I don't really care about them. Like, I care about Wonder Woman because she's hot. <laughs> it's a great film. And it's a great film. But at Justice League, oh. I'm like... I don't really, I don't really have a connect. Like I have no connection to Aquaman. Oh, Aquaman's gonna be the bomb. It's gonna be the bomb, but they haven't even released that movie. It's yet. gonna be awesome. Okay, See, so like they did. So Marvel did a bunch of standalone films. Yes. Before the team up, they like, established the individual superhero yes. before putting. Okay, so I got two words for you, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. It's not Feige. It's Feige. Feige? No, it's not Feige. Feige. I've never even heard me call him Feige. It's 100% Feige. I'm call him Kevin. So, <laughs> Kevin, yeah. Kevin! That guy has been Brilliant. around from the beginning. He has the universe in his mind. Yes. He knows how all the pieces connect. Yeah. DC hasn't had that consistency in leadership. No. They're... They're all over the map. Right? I mean, they pull these really great directors to come in and helm these films, mm-hmm. but there's not that one consistent person. And in fact, when anything seems to go a little sideways, the first thing they do is cut the top person. They do. And they've been doing that repeatedly. Yeah. Right? So, so there's they... no vision. Right? Oh. And it can't be Zack Snyder's vision mm-hmm. because, you know, there's only so much Zack Snyder. You know, somebody needs to, to lead him along. Right, right. Not different than like John Favreau. He re- he directed the oh, first yeah. Iron Man, right? Yes. Okay, that guy also did Swingers. <laughs> <laughs> and, the jun- and the Jungle Book live and action. And the Jungle Book live action. <laughs> which came after, right? I yeah. think he might even have done Wedding Crashers. I'm but anyway, he's sure. a funny guy. He's, he's funny. not an action hero guy. But with Kevin's help, yeah, right, he was able to steer that film in a direction that made sense. Yes. And they were able to plug in these little bits and pieces that made the connection to the next film. 
DC's had trouble doing that. Yeah. But I think it's because they don't have one single visionary. That's, I think, a big problem for them. No, you're totally right. So they haven't had that Kevin Feige person. They haven't had Kev. Kev. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they haven't had Kev. They they don't have a Kev. They have no Kev. So the person they had as their Kev was Mm -hmm. Zack Snyder. Well, Zack Snyder had a bow out in the middle of filming Justice League because his daughter committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Right? And so he was replaced by Joss Whedon. By the way, Joss Whedon did Avengers 2. And, yeah, they don't have someone who's in charge of, like, here's the grand arm. No. Whereas Kevin Feige can be like, okay, I want, you know, to do this Avengers movie, or I want this Captain America movie to have Black Panther, because I want to do a standalone um, Black Panther film. Yeah. You know? they're, They're not thinking of the big picture. At least they're not consistent with it because when you change, so you have Zack Snyder running the show over at essentially at the DC, right? Yeah. They get freaked out about him because things aren't going the way they want, so they bring in um, Jeff Johns and yeah. John Berg, right? Yes. And then they, that's when they have, they they create the DC Film Division. Yeah. Right. But then they get a commercial disappointment in Justice League, right? And then they get rid of him. They can bring in Walter what, Hamada, Hamada, whatever the guy's name is. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then Chantel Nong, they bring that person in, and then, but then they keep moving on. They keep changing people out, right? So, like, who's running the show over there? Well, we don't really know. Everybody who comes in new too has their own vision, right? Right. But that's the problem. It can't be consistent. If I could run the universe, here's how I do it. Oh my gosh, I'm in charge now. Here's what I'm gonna do. Oh wait, I'm not in charge anymore. Now it's the other Jose. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? All right. But. You still have to account for the stuff I've already done. But see, that's the thing, like, with DC, is they, they're they looking, I think, for the box office hits. So it's like, oh, sh- Marvel's doing this, this, and this. We've got to come out with Justice League. Or we need to do, like, this amazing Aquaman movie. Oh, see, or exact opposite is true, I think. Okay, so explain that. The MCU is cookie-cutting these popcorn, big-budget, live-action movies because it's all about bottom dollar. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they're owned by Disney. Well, because they can make they, can, they have Disney's, money. Disney's, but they, you know, you don't make five Pirates of the Caribbean because they're losing money. I'm just saying, <laughs> That's so good. you just don't. <laughs> I don't care how bad Johnny Depp is with his money. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> You're banging those things out every right. couple of years because there's dough to be made. Right. Not right, because right. those movies are any good. They're not. Or because they make any sense. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Right, but see, Disney has the <laughs> money though. So there's this always drama about and distribution and distribution. There was always drama recently. I don't know if you know about this or not, but Fox basically was going to sell off their movie properties. Yes, that included X Men. Mm-hmm. Right, and Disney's like, oh, we want that. Yeah, they were gonna, right. They were going to buy them, and then Comcast came in the last second, and they're like, we'll give you more money. Plus, we'll give you money. For the penalty for backing out of your deal with Disney. Oh. It was a sweet deal. Wait, so so Comcast, Disney didn't buy Fox? So, well, Disney ended up having to come up and pony more money. Oh. And so Disney ended up buying the Fox properties. Okay. For more than they originally planned to. For more than they planned. Oh, did Comcast set them up? So Comcast may have, like, helped. Because oh. <laughs> well, Comcast, I think, wanted... I don't think Comcast wanted the movies. I think Comcast wanted the um, the news distribution. Oh, okay. So they didn't care about the movies so mm-hmm. much. Well, Disney wants the movies. Yeah, why? Right? Yeah. They want to incorporate X Men into the next. Dude, Avengers. yeah, right. They want to cast like a Fantastic Four 
They want to do a good Fantastic Four movie, right? They want to include... um, Is that because there's no such thing? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. They've, they've had two chances and struck out. Right. They want like Tom Three Hardy. Three chances. Exactly. Don't forget the Silver Surfer movie, which That's is horrible. Which is terrible. And Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer is a badass character. And they exactly. ruined him. They ruined it. <laughs> okay, so it's back up. Silver Surfer <laughs> in the Avengers movie was the one who told Doctor Strange about Thanos in the comics. Oh. So you know in the movie Avengers, Hulk's slams through. Yes. Uh-huh. In the comics, it's Silver Surfer. Oh, really? Yes. <gasps> oh. And Silver Surfer's like, oh my god, there's Thanos, mm-hmm. he's gonna destroy you. Well, in the movie, of course, there's no Silver Surfer. Yeah. It's the Hulk. Oh, that's awesome. In the comics, it's Silver Surfer. What? Right? So, if they had access to Silver Surfer... Oh, and the good reason to buy up those properties. They could have been truer to the comics. Mm-hmm. But, um... No, I mean, I think Disney wants to do, like, X-Men with, like, Tom Hardy as Wolverine, right? Tom Hardy as Wolverine? It's like all these chicks, like my wife, would go watch that, like, in a heartbeat. Uh, no way. Nobody else could be Wolverine. Come on. I know. But, Come on. But they're going to reboot all that. They're going to reboot the Are whole Are they really? Oh, no. Just, just let it go for a while. Well, Marvel... The, okay, so the whole, like, Fox... X-Men timeline mm-hmm. was ruined. Notice that we're talking Marvel, DC. Yeah. We're not talking Fox and Sony. <laughs> Fox is ruined X-Men. So was the Sony... X-Men timeline ruined because they kept going back and forth and left and right? Yes. And... They ruined it. And then Sony ruined Spider-Man. <laughs> so that's why Marvel's like, give us Spider-Man. We'll do it good. Right? <laughs> well, Homecoming was great. It was amazing. That was that was Marvel. That was that was Disney. And then they're going to have the... Um, the animated Spider-Man movie that with, uh, with uh, Miles Morales, Miles, yeah, Miles Morales, and I just saw a preview, a big screen preview for that, mm-hmm. and um, Gwen Stacy makes an appearance as yes. a female Spider Person. Because there's the whole Spider Verse, yes, right, in the comics, and even Miles Morales. Says, well, how many of us are there? There's a lot. There's a lot, right? There's a lot, and they don't even get into Spider-Man hanging out with Deadpool. That's a whole other thing. Oh, I can even imagine those two. So, I mean, see, Marvel, there you go. The MCU has so many characters to draw on. And you're right. A lot of the characters are terrible or like B, backseat, you know, Mm -hmm. characters. But they know how to use them. And I think Marvel, they'll go out to interesting movie makers, interesting directors or interesting writers to come up with these stories. Yeah. Whereas DC, I feel like they have great characters that they don't understand. It's like Zack Snyder ruins Superman, in my view. <laughs> Superman's supposed to be the Boy Scout. Happy. Yes. Right? But, can't deny it, dude's an alien. We have always created icons in our own image. What we've done is we project ourselves onto him. The fact is, maybe he's not some sort of devil or Jesus character. Maybe he's just a guy trying to do the right thing. And we're not really good with aliens on this planet, especially in America. Build a wall. We're not a big fan of aliens. <laughs> what does Superman do? He kills Zod. Zod. That's about time. He kills Zod. That's about time. <laughs> Superman's big thing is he's this. Bo- he's the Boy Scout he's who doesn't Boy believe Scout. in murdering. Yeah. And then he go- he does Batman versus Superman. What does Batman do? He murders all these He picks up a gun. Okay, but in the comics he picks up a gun. But nobody reads the comics. But nobody dies in the comics. There's like a decline, like a 25% decline in readership since the DCEU has come into existence. Are you serious? Yeah. So because people really are relying on the cinematic universes, whether it's DC or MCU, Mm -hmm. to... 
tell them the story. Right. So this is the one that I know. The problem with Batman and Superman, this goes back to when we started, is we already think we know who these people are. Because right, they've right. been around for so long. We've seen so many iterations of them over the years, whether it's television or it's multiple screen versions. If you're a little older like me, you remember <laughs> right, the right. Michael Keaton. I'm Batman. And, and yes. you remember the, the Joel Schumacher with the Batman with the nipples? The nipples, yeah. Right? You know, that horrible Robin costume. Holy rusted metal, Batman! And that what's-his-face is on CSI now. Chris Adele. Yeah, right? <laughs> so we remember those things. Uh-huh. EU version of Batman, super dark, older, mm-hmm. grittier, kind of jacked up. He's got a whole right. history of loss behind him, not just his parents. Right. Right? And Robin. Right? So, yeah, so he has all this thing going on. Right. And, you know, he's just, he doesn't mind picking up a gun and shooting a bad guy because his job is to get the bad guy. He doesn't mind branding the bad guy because you're a bad guy. Right, right, right. When he sees Superman as the enemy, whether it's Lex Luthor is doing or not, mm-hmm. you can't deny that he has a history of going after people right. who are going to screw things up for him and his city, the people that he loves. Right. Right? Because there's very little of that left. Right. And so that's his whole gig. And 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 I like that. Mm-hmm. But if, if all I went on was the Batman history that I know from TV and movies of the, of the past, mm-hmm. this guy's going to seem completely like out of sync with that. Not completely, but significantly out of sync with that. Yeah. Right? But standalone, he's awesome. Now, if they pulled some other random DC character out of their butt and mm-hmm. made a movie with that guy, right? people would go, oh, well, all I know is the guy I see on the screen or the gal I see on the screen. They don't so have the history. If he shoots somebody, I just think that's his gig. But see, I think that's a good point then with the MCU. No one knows Iron Man's backstory. Mm-hmm. No one knows Guardian's backstory, right? Yeah, no. No one knows all. Thor's backstory. So they have a lot of leeway mm-hmm. with creating something new. Yeah. Whereas with Batman and Superman, they're kind of boxed in. Right. So I totally see what you're saying but in that regard. If, Batman beca- if Robin shows up tomorrow and he's Batman's cousin, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Right? He's but an orphan. Nobody thought twice about... Um, what's her face? Uh, the the goddess of death showing up and being their sister. True. When in the mo- in the comics, she is Loki's daughter. Yeah. Right. Nobody cares. But uh, that's a significant change in in role to be the yeah. sister who had come a long time before had this whole backstory history of right. you know death and destruction. But yet we're all like, oh yeah, that's cool. No, go get your sister, Thor. Get some. <laughs> Exactly. Right? She oh kills Loki. She eventually, yeah. she essentially kills her own father if you follow the comic book history. Mm-hmm. But nobody reads the comic book. Nobody cares. So the, those dorks in the back of the theater are like all grumbling about it. Nobody cares what those guys think. Yeah. They're all they're spending their money on watching exactly. the movie. Exactly. Because, they're yeah, they're spending their money watching the movie just like the rest of us. Not on the comics. <laughs> That's funny. So let's look at Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Okay, because I think Man of Steel was terrible. I did not like that movie. And... <laughs> Henry, <laughs> Henry Cavill is like all about. Okay, so Henry Cavill does not look at Batman versus Superman uh-huh. as a sequel. He looks at Batman versus Superman as like a different movie. He's not in charge of anything. He's not in charge of anything. He's a puppet, like all the other actors. He's a puppet. <laughs> He's a sexy, muscular puppet. What does Zack Snyder say? That's his opinion. What Henry Cavill wants. How does he not see it as a sequel? There's literally scenes in Batman versus Superman that are pulled right from Man of Steel. I don't know. Ask Henry Cavill. I'm going to write him a letter. You write him a letter. You. Jose says that you said on our podcast it'll be like third person <laughs> misquoted. I heard, <laughs> but Henry Cavill wants Man of Steel two. He wants a sequel to Man of Steel that ignores Batman versus Superman. No, no, but it, it might be before Justice League. It might be before I don't know. 
But he wants a Man of Steel too. Okay. Basically. Right? Chronologically, Batman vs Superman comes right off the hills of Man of totally, Steel. Totally. Right after. There's no gap to happen in the movie, as far as I right. can tell. Right. And that was the one thing I did like about Batman vs Superman was that Batman was like, this dude mm-hmm. is inviting all this violence into our town. Because my problem with Man of Steel was he's killed Zod. He's doing all this destruction. <laughs> a lot of destruction. A lot of destruction. Smallville. <laughs> Leveled. Look at all these all these buildings that are falling are empty. They're full of people. Yeah, yeah, right. They're being killed. Right? Superman don't care. And I was like, that's horrible. That is Superman horrible. Killed. Superman don't care. So what I liked was Batman versus Superman begins with that. Yeah, yeah. Me too. It was like Batman's like, uh, you just killed like my employees who are in Right. The that's a Wayne building. Tower? Oh, I'm Wayne sorry. Tower, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm deeply sorry. Sorry. Right? So I was like, I like that. And Ben Affleck, I think, is the best Batman we've ever had. He, I think he's a badass Batman. I, and I'm bummed that they're talking about him not being in the Batman movie. So I, I, I grew up with, like, you know, Michael Keaton mm-hmm. being the best. No. Hands down. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, Ben Affleck, the best. Totally agree. And I don't like Ben Affleck. I don't either. It's right here. <laughs> When I found out he was Batman, I was like, are you serious? I'm like, come on. ruined Batman. Get that kid from Malcolm in the Middle to do it. I'd rather see that than Ben Affleck. Frankie Muniz? Yeah. By the way, we're naming our daughter Frankie. So Really? Not after Malcolm in the Middle kid. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what just happened. So, but anyway, so Ben Affleck, I was like, dude, he's the best Batman ever. Because he's based on the Frank Miller. Yes. Dark Knight. Batman. Again, the, the DC comics mm-hmm. are amazing. And Frank Miller's Batman is the best. Yes. And so Ben Affleck is based on that, and he's the best. But um, no, you're right. I think they're going to um, totally redo Batman. They're going to use the Flash movie, I think, to do a soft reboot of DC. You think so? Because it's too late. Because Aquaman's already in the camp, well, basically, gonna, right? Yeah. But they're going to do Flashpoint. Oh, yes. And so I think they're going to use that Flashpoint movie. To reintroduce Batman, to reintroduce some new characters. That's, That's my like, suspicion. So 2020? When's that going to be? Yeah. Well, Ben Affleck has been working on Batman, mm-hmm. and he keeps submitting scripts, and Warner Brothers is like, no. <laughs> and so then they're like, okay, fine. You're not writing anymore. You're not directing anymore. We'll get a new Batman director. Oh, come on. Let good Will Hunting do what he does. Right? Exactly. So I think Ben Affleck, I think, is burned out. Like, Okay. I'm done. So I keep hearing things like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. No. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. No, the comedian? No, from, oh, the, from, guy, the guy who played his dad. Or in, yeah, he was the comedian in... Um, oh, yeah, the comedian, you're right. In, uh, uh, Watchmen. Watchmen, yes. That guy. Yes. Or That was a great movie. I literally just mentioned that in the last podcast. Oh, really? It's and I mentioned that is a great movie with Joss Whedon. You see the color, you see the red sky, right? Okay, and you see the parademons, and so you just, you just see like in that one movie. I know, I know. When I watched Justice League, it was very clear. Zack Snyder did these scenes, and mm-hmm. Joss Whedon did these scenes. Really, you could look at it and go, "Oh, that's a that's a Josh Vers- scene. yeah versus the movie Solo, right? More Chris Miller and Phil Lord had done the beginning of the film, and then Ron Howard came in to finish the film because they got fired. Yes. Ron Howard came in to finish the film, and you couldn't tell. It was like one 
solid, complete film. Mm-hmm. But with yeah. Justice League, I was like, okay, Zack Snyder did that, did that, did that, did that. Joss Whedon did this, that, and the other thing. Uh, completely. So before different. we wrap this up, do you think that in a bunker somewhere in the Midwest, Zack Snyder is working on a Justice League cut? A Zack Snyder Justice League cut? Because that's the rumor on the internet, right? Yes. That he is without authority, which I'm not sure exactly how that works, right, right. is doing what he did with Batman vs. Superman, which, by the way, I have his cut version, which is amazing. I think I have that It fills in a lot of the gaps that people complained about, Mm -hmm. right? More backstory. They they should have just been a two-hour and 40-minute movie. Because it was long. The Zack Snyder version. It should have just been that in the theater, but it wasn't for whatever reason, right? But do you think he's cutting his own version of Justice League somewhere? I think he has, honestly. So I look at Zack Snyder, and I think he wanted to finish this movie. Yeah. But personal problems... Oh, he's yeah. themselves, and he couldn't. Stuff beyond his control. And so I think he looked at Joss Whedon, he's like, fuck. That guy jacked my movie. <laughs> that guy, yeah, that guy <laughs> ruined my movie, right? And so I'm sure he's got his that own. stupid MCU doughboy. Look what he did to my film. Exactly. He put color in there. He put humor in there. He removed Superman's mustache. <laughs> and it looked horrible. It looked horrible. So, I mean, it's on my face. It's like any kind of facial hair. You, you forget that it's there until you see yourself in the mirror. And that could be a shock. I don't know if it feels 20s or 70s. It just feels like a mustache. It was so bad. It, the, the CG on that was horrible. Like, really? How much, <laughs> how much money? You know, those Mission Impossible people could have cut him a break. How long does it take that guy? That guy's a monkey I to bet grow you that back. It would have been cheaper to CG a mustache on him than <sighs> I've seen the it Snapchat filters. It would have been filters. cheaper for the Justice League production people to pay Mission Impossible people mm-hmm. to wait five days, pay them the production value of those five True. days, to let that guy, that monkey, grow his mustache back. Exactly. Have you seen that guy? That guy could probably grow much overnight. He could. Overnight. Five days max. Come on. Yeah. It looked terrible. And I read an article recently from the the producers of Mission Possible. Oh, we were as accommodated as we could to DC. I'm like, you lie in You lie. You don't care. Five days. You don't care. You had doughy Josh Whedon in your pocket. Totally. (laughs) So I I think in terms of quality, MCU wins. Mm Mm-hmm. DC, again, I feel like playing catch-up. They want to produce good stuff, but they consistently fail, in my view. I think it comes down to not having consistent consistent leadership in their universe. Not necessarily directors, but just mm-hmm. overall, you know, we have Kevin over at MCU. He's the ringmaster. He's right. not even producing, I mean, he's not directing these movies, he's not writing these scripts, but True. he oversees to make sure everything connects the way it's supposed to, right? Yeah. DC doesn't have that. And every time they try to get that, and things go a little bit sideways, Warner Brothers cuts people. They need to stop doing that. They need to they put do. some faith in some of these really great people. Like and Ben allow them, And allow them to do their jobs, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're there for. And I think that if they did that, they would be able to pull together a universe that makes sense. That has some continuity right. and consistency. But I also think they took a different approach. And I don't think it's bad. Mm-hmm. The MCU wanted to flesh out individual characters and then bring them together. DC wants to put... The, the, the collaborative together first and then super friends. there yeah super friends this is the challenge of the super friends 
I think what they thought was, we want you to be interested in all these people. Yeah. So that you're interested in going and see their individual films mm-hmm. because you want to know more about them. So it's the opposite approach. So it's just a different it. approach. It's not a bad approach. It's just a different just way different. of doing things, right? You see a room full of people. Now you want to know a little bit about each of them versus yeah. meeting five people separately and then seeing, seeing them together. And now you want to know how they work together. Well, I think about Men of Steel. That's kind of like the epicenter of DC, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's like, here's Superman. How does the introduction of Superman affect Gotham? How does it affect yeah. the whole world in terms of like Wonder Woman, Cyborg? You should probably move. All these other characters, the yep. Flash. Because they're, I guess they're all existing in this universe independently. And this, this event, this incident of Superman dying brings them all together. Yes. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the heart of it. Yeah, and that's how kind of uh, Batman vs. Superman ends, right? Mm-hmm. Batman feels bad for essentially judging Superman. Yeah. Not on the merits of him as a man, but on the actions as he perceives them. Right. And then realizes that there's going to be a, a greater fight in the future that needs to come. So his job now is to put the Justice, Justice League together, right? Yeah. Not only to, to battle the evils that are coming, but really to also honor his fallen friend who he really had wronged. Right? So what do you think of like Batman and Superman both having a mother named Martha? You're letting him kill Martha. What does that mean? Save Martha. Why did you say that name? Martha, why did you say that name? Stop. Please, stop. Why did you say that name? It's his mother's name. They've always both had a mother named Martha. They have. Right? They didn't like make that up for the movie. But that became like a joke. (laughs) Martha. What did you say? What? What did you say? Martha. It <laughs> became like a joke. I, that, was a little, that was a little cheeky, but... But that was in Deadpool. You're right. I was fighting a caped bat. But then we discovered his mom is named Martha, too. No. <laughs> All right. So that part, albeit... Consistently accurate to the historical comic book record, right? Is a little bit hokey when you when you put it within the the context of the film, right? But it's still right. It stopped Batman from killing Superman. True, right? True. And Batman showed up there, sort of, kind of killed Batman. I mean, Superman showed up, sort of, kind of killed Batman, but kind of wanted to explain the circumstances in which things exist. What I love about that film is it shows you how calculated, how smart Batman is. Yes. Batman puts that that kryptonite spear to the ground several scenes earlier. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he pulls it out of the ground. He has it. He knew exactly where. Things are going to end up. Because everyone's like, oh, Batman's like a billionaire, whatever. No, that, that dude knows jujitsu. He can think strategically. Yes, he's like a chess he's player. He's yeah, multiple exactly. steps ahead of whoever he's going up against. Yeah. And he calculates it all out. He knew exactly what he was doing. And that's very yeah. consistent with Batman, the comic book character. Yes. Right? And really consistent with most Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Right? Batman doesn't go into a room and not know where all the exits are. Yes. Right? Superman doesn't matter. Because he's invincible. He's invincible. He's a, he can make his own exit. 
All right. So that, yeah, so that really I liked a lot about the Batman versus Superman because it showed mm-hmm. us again that Batman really is the superior yes. superhero when it comes to knowing what's what's up. And Batman is Catholic. I'll say that too. So, <laughs> and so is Daredevil. So is Daredevil, right? But if you look, if you look at Batman mythology, Batman is super smart. Mm-hmm. If you look at the, like the Justice League comics, mm-hmm. he's got the weaknesses for every single superhero. Flash, Green Lantern, which they're going to be making. They're making a Green Lantern movie. Martian Manhunter, all these characters, Wonder Woman. He knows their weaknesses, mm-hmm. right? And he can take them all out individually. Yeah. And this movie showed that. Because he takes the time to figure it out. Yes, right? he's brilliant. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's his superpower, really. Other mm-hmm. than his strength and his agility, but it's knowing who his enemy is. Right. And then working them against themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Even Christopher Nolan showed that to us in those Batman movies that he produced, or he directed, right? That he his Batman overcomes whatever obstacles to learn who his enemy is in order mm-hmm. to combat that enemy. So, right? So, in the end... Is there a right or wrong? I, I can see more value in DC now that we've had this conversation. <laughs> I think because I'm brainwashed. <laughs> I'm brainwashed by Disney to love the Marvel MCU. Right? That's the, well, then Disney's doing their job. They're doing their job. Well, they've got billions of dollars. They have billions of dollars to brainwash me. But no, I, I watched the DC movies, and I think there's potential. They just need, like you said, the right leadership. Yeah, they need the right creative people behind the scenes. Box office-wise, apparently they're kicking butt. Yep. Yep. Can't deny that. They just need people behind the scenes who are like like Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. Jeff Johns is awesome, but they keep undercutting him. Yeah, and that's a studio issue. That's a studio right, issue. That's right. not the DC issue. And I love me some MCU. I really, every film mm-hmm. that's come out, I like all the Incredible Hulk movies. I don't care what anybody says, mm-hmm. right? Was it John Woo who did the first one? Yeah, right? I didn't like that one. Oh, love that movie. <laughs> with with, uh, with uh, Ed Norton? Ed Norton is an awesome... Oh, Ed Norton's awesome. He's an awesome David Banner because he's like David Banner and um, Jason Bourne mixed yeah, together, yeah. right? Uh, I love that film, really did. Uh-huh. Um, I was bummed that he didn't make it into the MCU. Even though I like Mark Ruffalo because he brings that kind of a yeah. comedic flair to it. I would love to have seen Ed Norton because Ed Norton is just a badass actor. Well, I think Ed Norton was too controlling. Oh. Like, he wanted to control the character. Mm-hmm. But Marvel was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we already have a plan for this character. Oh, yeah. And, and so not your he plan. wasn't on board. So you're out. Oh, that's too bad because I would have liked to have seen Ed Norton continue that. that. He would have done awesome. He would. But, but they had a plan for where Hulk was going mm-hmm. that didn't align with Edward Norton's vision, I guess. So um, he was out. Yeah. If you look at like Civil War, mm-hmm. the general who's like pushing the Wachovia Accords. The Sokovia Accords. He was the general from the Edward Norton Hulk movie. Oh, so is that Mary Jane's dad? Yeah. Okay. So that the movie is consistent. I with didn't the, think about that being the same guy. Oh, okay. Same so guy. that's where we make the connection. So then we have to include it in the first five films. So it's technically canon. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Even though they really never refer to any of those events at all. At all. Like it never happened. That's why he ran away and gave up. His work, his blood, is the property of the United States Army. And my duty supersedes my personal feelings in this movie. There's no right or wrong. No right. right. There's no effing Marvel that's right, you know, David Ayer or not. There's no effing DC that's right. There's just two compelling comic book 
movie brands, yep. right? Legions of fans on both sides. Both sides. Um, they all have their opinions about what's their favorite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And as long as folks keep going and watching those movies. Just watch the movies, right? Go see the Ant-Man. Go see Shazam. Shazam when it comes out later on, oh, which I'm going to go watch. The, that's, is that The Rock? The Rock is going to play Black Adam. Yes. Right? Yes, that's going to be awesome. So that's, I mean, these are just great movies, and as long as people continue to go watch them, we'll continue to have them, mm-hmm. and then we can continue to debate which is our, which is better, which makes more money, which is more consistent right. with the canons of the, the comic books, but they're all amazing. They're all amazing. Go watch them. <laughs> As we wind down our show, we like to talk about things that we're watching or that we're reading or that we're, that we're um, listening to. Mm-hmm. So, Jose, what are you watching or reading or listening to? Okay, so this is, I'm going to love this one. I am a big Netflix viewer mm-hmm. when I have time, right? <laughs> so I just like binge the crap out of it and I don't watch for months, right? Mm-hmm. I have binged a series on Netflix. It's a limited series, only eight, epi- eight episodes. It's called The Toys That Make Us. Oh, that's good. Right? I watched it. Eight episodes. That's it. That's all you're getting. So don't ask me if it's going to be one on blah, 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 because I don't know. Right. But each episode chronicles from inception to current Mm -hmm. specific brands, not brands, but specific um, um, uh, groups of toys. So one episode is all Star Wars toys. Mm -hmm. Right? Star Wars films to date have roughly made $7 billion at the box office. The toys have made twice that amount. The from, the, from the very beginning of who was the first licensee, how did they get that licensee, how did they craft those toys, how did that coincide with the release of the films, was it successful or not, mm-hmm. how does it move through you know, this, all these different films and the different iterations of the toys, different companies that were allowed to produce the toy. I mean, it's just amazing, right? right. So you got the Star Wars toys, Star Trek toys, which True. I don't even know really in my head, Star Trek toys, right? right? But just to hear about their history, He-Man, He-Man's amazing, didn't realize that He-Man was as big as it was because that's kind of an in-between for me, right? And there's contention about who created He-Man. Right? And, yeah. and, and, and how they took like existing toys and essentially repainted them, popped different heads on them and yeah. called them, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? There's a great story in the Star Trek episode about the, the Spock helmet, which is hilarious. Yes. Oh my goodness. Barbie Lego. Lego has an amazing backstory. I mean, And that got really confused dumb. with Star Wars too. Yes. Because they bought up Star Wars property and that made it more right? complicated. Yes, so then you have these crossovers, right? Because you have, like, Lego, and they really built an empire off of crossover marketing, doing the film versions of blah, 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 blah. It wasn't really until they started coming out with other alternatives to Legos, like mm-hmm. the Jim, not the Jim Bagos, but Jim Bagos, the, the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah right? Yeah. There's, there's these other versions of Legos that are just done phenomenal business. Uh, um, Hello Kitty. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Love the Hello Kitty episode. That was awesome. Right? I mean, I really knew little to nothing about Hello Kitty, except that they have these annoying little stores that are jam-packed with merchandise. Well, apparently, that is their marketing angle. Put as much stuff as possible into a little tiny store and sell as much of it as you can. It was like the adorable, (laughs) kind of like amorphous kitty. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That was so good. So this, it's called The Toys That Make Us. It's on Netflix. It's an an eight- 
episode uh, of series where they mm-hmm. put out four. There was a little bit of a break. Yeah. They put out the next four. So I've seen all eight. And it, if you are like me and you just have this really this interest in how things become what they are, and we all know toys. We all grow oh, yeah. these different toys. Uh, it's an amazing series. So I recommend to anybody who really just kind of digs that. And and I just dare you not to just laugh your ass off at some mm-hmm. of these things. And, and one of the most amazing things to me was the characters, not the toys, right. but the players, the creators, oh, the marketing God. people, the owners of these little companies, yeah. right? And just how... Bizarro they are, right? They were so funny. <laughs> so they were quirky themselves. Yes, right. And, and it's interesting that you'll watch an episode about one toy, and it'll be a certain person who was the ex-owner of the company, and then you will watch mm-hmm. a different episode, and it's the same dude. Yeah, because he went from company A to company B. <laughs> That's right. Like the dude from Mattel. Yeah, that guy was insane. The Transformers one. Yeah, awesome. That was Love awesome. that. How that you know the whole World War Two thing and the oh my gosh, just how that all happened. And, so good. You know, taking these characters and just putting a sticker on them and repackaging them. God bless toy makers. Because well, I grew up with all those toys. Yeah, I grew up with all those shows, and I'm like, I was totally manipulated by these people right like mattel right like mattel was like all on the barbie scene mm-hmm. but then they started making these other toys for boys yes right or like some of these to toys for boys started to appeal to girls and so like the people who made barbie were freaking out because <laughs> the boy toys were cutting into their products right. and did you know as a kid which came first transformers the animated series or transformers the toy Oh, it was a toy. Right? Yeah, totally. Right. And inspired. And like with like with um He Man. That yes. became a movie with Dolph Lundgren. Right? All from a toy. But these these animated series only existed as a marketing tool for the toys. So yeah. if you came in to your Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. and you saw the He Man cartoon, to you that's the inception. Right, right. And then you go to Toys R Us, doesn't exist anymore. Oh, and wah, wah. <laughs> and then you see your your He Man toy, you're like, uh, oh, that's a toy based on the cartoon that I love. When in fact, the exact opposite is true. It is literally marketing propaganda. Exactly. Here's a toy. Let's create a show slash yes. movie around it. And we can it. just sell the crap out of these toys. Yeah. And they do. Totally. So, love it. If you're at all interested, it's on Netflix, The Toys That Made Us. Brilliant. And then I'm going to push another Netflix show called Queer Eye. Oh. <laughs> I have to say, so it, it is so amazing. So, I, the first couple episodes are the ones where I was crying my eyeballs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Literally crying. What? Can you believe? And so, like, one of the episodes is there's this um, old black lady. Mm-hmm. Who's very Christian? She's in this. Um, it doesn't say, but it seems like a kind of a Baptist church. Okay. And her gay son basically recommends the queer eye team to come and help her out. Oh, to help her. Yeah. Oh. And so, so they, they don't just help the straight guy. They help out the the Christian mom. Oh wow. Okay. And it's just amazing. They come in. They totally redo her house. <laughs> they do her hair, her wardrobe. Yes. This team, you know, they're gay. Mm-hmm. They're flamboyant. Sure. They're fabulous. But this this mom who's like super Christian is like, you guys are amazing. God has blessed all of you, each one of you, with like a specific even the Jesus-y looking one? Yeah. A talent. <laughs> that guy's amazing. Jonathan. He's like, I am obsessed with your hair. Right? Uh, gay Jesus? Yeah. He's the funny. Gay Jesus, Jonathan. Jesus, take the wheel. Got it! 
And I just love that show, that particular one, because it's like, this is how we should treat gay people. You know, you see Christians out there protesting gay people, talking shit about how they're going to go to hell or whatever. Yeah, right. Look at Queer Eye. Look at Pope Francis. Like, we should love these people. So did you ever watch Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? Yeah. Okay. So I just assumed that this version of the show, even mm-hmm. though they, they dropped the straight guy part, that mm-hmm. it was going to be the same model. They would take a straight right. guy who was kind of like a little bit of a wreck, not a little bit of a wreck, and they would like clean him, him up, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to hear that they dropped the straight guy part of the title only so that they wouldn't put themselves into a box. Yeah. They could be Everyone. the eye for whoever. Yes. That's cool. And one of my favorite episodes is they go to this guy who's a total bum, right? And he's mm-hmm. dating this chick. You know, and she's like, well, my boyfriend, we've been together for a long time. I want to get married. They clean him up. So this is his version of wearing a print that doesn't stand out too much. Completely. I like it. Yeah. You want to it's show a muted version. Off. Yeah. Okay, now I'm worried about this shoe and belt situation. Ooh, those oh, those pants yeah. fit beautifully, yeah. though. Three to his house, and they get him to propose to her. Oh. And he, yeah. And they shoot, like, this mini movie. What? And it's just amazing. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I was crying. Ah, like, oh, my goodness. I'm crying at this show. How horrible. Ah. Were you drinking? No. <laughs> I was totally sober. So I recommend Queer Eye. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's like 10 episodes. It's not even a full season. Right? Yeah, yeah, Quote, yeah. unquote, season. But I'll have to watch it now. That's awesome. I was crying. I needed to get your Kleenex. It was good. <laughs> it was really good. That's awesome. All right, so that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. You could do us a huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, or iTunes. And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find this show. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation on Tap. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me, Jose. Thank you, Jose, for being on. For the second time, we look forward to the third. <laughs> <laughs>